All right. Um. Fuck. Now I gotta memorize this shit again. Okay. Yeah. Welcome this is the f- this is the fifth episode. You know. Yeah. Okay. Look, man. It's it's kind of hard. Um. I should honestly practice it more. I suppose okay. you have like a dedicated like intro. Yeah. Every time we do. Or do you have a pre like a. I, I feel like doing like a, a theme pre-recorded song kind of thing. You know we, what I mean? We we do have a, a theme song yeah. um, already that we've chosen, but like um, we haven't figured out at what point we're gonna put it in. And like, is it gonna be like right away in the beginning or like after we do our introductions? I think it's gotta be right in the beginning. Okay, yeah, yeah. that that's how I did the the second episode because I, I just uploaded that yeah, today. Honestly, we should just start um, like how Joe Rogan starts. How does he start? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, we're live. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was going to say, he's, he's just well, so he has deep, clout. he can't even... He has yeah. clout, though. He already has the clout where it doesn't matter. Yeah. Actually, you know who has... Well, they're they're going backwards now, but have you heard of the Fresh and Fit podcast? I, I have, because they got in a lot of trouble recently yeah. for, like, what did they do? They were just going at a couple different people, but they mm-hmm. always have some, like, memeable moments of, Yeah. Like, <laughs> gold diggers or Instagram yeah. thoughts saying some uh-huh. crazy things or I'm just men saying like just being out of pocket toxic they're like the toxic but yeah, they masculinity are toxic. Yeah. podcast uh-huh. basically you know? yeah so um, I've heard because like yeah. isn't like their main goal was supposed to be like you know talking about how like um, bringing up men you know by being like healthy and fit and like stuff like that right yeah well it's more of just you would think that from the title, but it's more oh. of like what, like uh, their biggest thing is mo- more about women. Like oh. modern women want all of the uh, all the benefits of being a traditional woman and being like courted by a man, and a uh-huh. man supports them and has money uh-huh. and is like a macho. Uh-huh. And but also they like want to be treated like modern women where they don't have to cook or clean or have uh-huh. kids or yep, like yep, be yep. feminine or soft or like bring yeah. anything to the table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they think that having, um, they think that attraction in the same way that a man is attractive, a woman is attractive where like a man, you get more successful, you get more money, more experience, more power, mm-hmm. whatever that makes women attracted to you. Whereas mm-hmm. like, I don't think, I don't know. I most guys I talk to, they don't really care what their woman does as long as they're kind of passionate and they're good people yeah, and they're yeah. attractive. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's okay. not a turn on mm-hmm. if you make a lot of money as a woman. You know, that's true. I they know. say that every it's a episode. Bonus. You know, what I mean? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they bring it up every episode. Yeah, yeah. You're really speaking to a specific demographic. I see. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Who ha- who actually has this memorized? Do you? Okay. Okay. I'll try it, and if I fail more than two times, you're gonna do it. Okay. All right. Uh, let me let me run through this then. Welcome to the Live and Learn podcast. If you're new to the pod, we talk about finance, lifestyle, and the many things in between. So blah blah blah. blah. Okay. It's like All right. Sentence. Yeah. Okay, but it, look, it's it's kind of hard. Okay, leave me alone. Um. All right. So I'm gonna start it up. We've already been started, but yeah, we'll just we've been started for a while. Um, we're wasting back the longer we. Go. All right. Okay. <laughs> give, give me my goddamn time. Okay. No pressure. Okay. Um. Welcome to the Live and Learn podcast. Are you near the pod? We talk about finance, lifestyle, and the many things in between. I'm David G. 
I'm Cooper. I'm Arpon. And today we have a special guest. I'm Christian. Christian. Right Thanks for coming, Christian. Hey, uh, Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, um, and what the fuck else do I say? Feel it for the good moments. And learn from the bad. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. This is the Live and Learn podcast. Oh yeah, let's go. All right. Um, so today we are going to be talking about um, what a successful college graduate is supposed to look like. So I think a lot of people have um, ideas on this as far as like, you know, you go to high school, you get into college, you graduate, um, you know, you get your job. Get your dream job. I feel like that's like a big the dream emphasis. Job. Okay. I'm All right. Like, like, yeah, let's say that. Like, yeah. You get your dream job. You know, you're getting like, you know great pay you're working for like um i you're like stable you make your like you know proper income you buy a house maybe eventually yeah um all that stuff and um with some gonna, adventure in between obviously if, if you're allotted if you have the time to do that you might have too much uh you know you might not have enough time in your busy schedule mm-hmm. but um we're gonna be talking about how we're not that <laughs> yeah um uh, okay so uh, what what does a successful college graduate even look like? You know, does anyone have any anything to say there? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would say it's just somebody that makes that transition super quickly. I mm-hmm. think is the main thing because um, I know me myself and a lot of people, especially in uh, trying to get to like medical school or PA school or NP school, they know that it's a long road, and oftentimes you're not going to be you know, as soon as you graduate college, you're not going to be smack dab, like right in the middle of your big boy job. Like you're going to have to put in another four years, another Mm -hmm. five years, six years. So for one, making sure that as soon as you graduate, you're on to that next master's degree or medical school or whatever that is, is kind of a big deal because you don't want to be that kid that, you know, goes back home and they're like, what are you doing now that you graduated? And you're like, uh, doesn't that suck though? Like, don't you hate getting that question from relatives? Yeah, you know, it's, I don't know if it's just because back in the day, if that was the reality for most people was Mm -hmm. they did graduate and immediately they went to Mm -hmm. that job. And uh, for whatever reason, that's just not the case now. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's like, you know, more competition because everybody has a degree or. um, Well, I think it's like a combination. Like, uh, obviously, we have like the age of like the boomers, like, um, and everything was easy for them back then. Like, a lot of the time, they didn't even need a degree. But um, it it has a lot to do with like, you know, higher competition. There are a lot more people in like, you know, a variety of like different fields. Um, So you have to like, one, either be really good at what you're doing or like, and sometimes even if you're really good, it doesn't matter. You just have to either have that connection into it or uh, wait a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have like the, you have to have the perfect resume, but also those really niche things that they're looking for to just be a total standout. You know, for a while, for a while, it was enough to be the, you know, black Native American Chinese kid to get into the door, Mm -hmm. you know, but in all reality, now it's like, like, uh, dude, do you know about um, how Harvard has like 70% like um, Chinese exchange students? And, like, right now they're, like, being uh, denied because they have too many of them. Exactly, yeah. They're not reaching their diversity quota. I think it has, yeah, it probably has a lot to do with that. Um, but also just because they have too many. Okay. Yeah. Affirmative action almost over 
overcorrected a little bit. Yeah. That way. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like you got to have a real, like, yeah. very niche thing to set you apart. Like mm. you went to Africa to, you yeah. know, do some kind of volunteering experience or, or something. Yeah, just something <laughs> wild on your resume. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely, you can't just, like, come out of college just with your degree and expect to be even remotely high up on a, on like a hiring list for any company or like getting into med school, medical school either. You can't just get your degree and expect to advance. Nowadays, you need to have that internship or you need to have that extra experience and references to go along with it. And I have several friends who they haven't moved They They just graduated and they got their jobs right off the gate just because they had already worked that internship and they were just looking for that opportunity to be hired right after that, right after graduation. True. Well, that's, yeah, that's a big, internships are a lot bigger deal, I think, than people uh, yeah. talk about in college, I guess. that I, Internships and co-ops, yeah. I cause You're right. I, I don't think they talk about them enough, but um, because they're, they're, they end up being like super important, especially for like degrees like, um, engineering um medicine and like a lot of like stuff in like the stem department in general because if you don't have some type of like internship before graduating you have a significantly harder time of like yeah, finding a job afterwards yeah. yeah and that's just like I mean, not good for a lot of kids finding i think it's not really a matter closer. yeah i don't think it's really a matter of graduating college or not graduating college i think it's just a matter of having that forward momentum in general because you could you can be a college graduate graduate and not do anything with your life for 100 like, you know, yeah I'm, there, there's like plenty of people who've like gotten their degree and ended up not actually using it because like yeah. one they couldn't either like couldn't have found a job or um they're just not motivated yeah. they're like kind of they're like school smart uh, they know how to do the schoolwork because it's carefully laid out for them yeah uh, i have a cousin who has a master's degree in architecture but he works at like a hardware store and when they offered him a promotion to leadership at the hardware store he didn't want it because he thought it was going to be too much are you seriously are, yeah. are you serious right now yeah he lives in oregon so yeah well but that's the thing at the same time is that um as much as it is important to continue to strive and, and go forwards in your field, you gotta, you gotta recognize, like, if you're gonna be doing something for the long haul, like, are you really, like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you like it? Are you doing it because you get paid more? Like, yeah. everybody kind of knows that and it gets told to you a lot. Mm -hmm. But the pressure from society to keep, keep leveling up and especially make more money yeah. really, yeah kind of drowns that out and it can be pressure from like family members too yeah. Yeah. especially yeah can we talk about that aspect because like um i feel like a lot of that pressure to like be the successful college graduate comes from your parents like you know um they have like you know a, a set idea of like you know what you like have to do mm -hmm. um and I, I feel like very often it's like your parents that are pushing you to like um be successful and it's like it's not that um you know, you're like, you're already capable of being successful, but it, they have a set idea of what success is. Yeah. No, that's the weird thing is that they have great intentions and they, 
a lot of times parents that push their kids hard, their kids do achieve in the way they want them to, but it's like they're a generation behind mm -hmm. in the actual formula for getting what it is you want exactly. or getting to where you exactly. want to be. Exactly, exactly. You're 100% you know? right about that. Um, because I, I see it all the time with like um, immigrants specifically. Like um, yeah, you'll see it with um, uh, first, genera first generation um, immigrant parents and first generation immigrant children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, their parents have like, um, like, they're like pushing them to like, you know, be like a really like book smart and like mm -hmm. know what they're doing there. Mm -hmm. But they don't really have um, all the like advice to give for how to like navigate the system of like mm -hmm. um like a getting a job afterwards like how to build your connections um you know like even like where to put your money like little things like that that are like so 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 necessary beyond um all the book knowledge true well and in all reality like if you are just trying to make money college is traditional college is probably not even the place you want to be mm -hmm. you know yeah. Go on like, a trade. Go yeah. be an electrician oh, or a plumber or something. Exactly. And I, that's what I always tell people is like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to tell my kid. If you don't know exactly what it is you want to do and you know that that thing's going to make money, just take like after high school, take a few years, mm -hmm. whatever trade you like the most, like mm -hmm. take those classes, finish it out, and you'll have enough money to pay for your own college. Yeah. You don't have to be scared that you're going to go bankrupt. Uh -huh. yeah. And you can like – you can never default on your student loans. They're going to be taking that out of your social security check. Like they're That's going to get their works? money either way. You, it's the only, it's the only debt that you can get that you uh -huh. can't get out of. You got to pay back your student loans. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I think um, if you die, it gets like passed up to your parents, doesn't it? I don't know. I wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. Definitely we, goes to the next family member. Doesn't it? That's, definitely yeah. with like cosign loans, it does. Uh -huh. I'm not sure about like. Just in general? Yeah. Okay. 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 Then I guess that would make sense. If you co-signed on it, then obviously it would get passed up to your yeah. parents, which is fucking ass, by the way. Like, yeah, imagine, so like, you know, you're, you're like child dies in some like freak accident. They have student loans and now you're fucking paying it off from them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Debt is, debt is a very weird thing in America, uh, though. I mean. Every year you hear about the national debt going <laughs> another trillion dollars or whatever. Like yeah. I don't, I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> like, cause we're not, everybody's not homeless. Yeah. You, you would have assumed ten years ago we would have been homeless, but. Well, I, I think that's I mean, the weird thing because it's like you know they should change that little thing in the bottom of the uh, notarized bills that says like in God we trust to just like in debt we trust. Because yeah. honestly, I don't, I don't well. The only thing about my debt I trust is the fact that they're gonna get it. They're gonna get their money back. No, but like that's that's how everything works, though. True. Like, um, even businesses, like you know, mm -hmm. you you run a successful business if other people are in debt to you. That's that's how it true. works. Um, fuck! I was gonna say something else on. Uh, Sorry, I cut that. you. Up. No, no, you're good. I like I had something else to say there. Oh, I suppose I could say something about uh, the one thing that is, I think, very important about going to college in some sense, or at least having a bunch of friends that go to college is mm -hmm. it does bring together people from such different places and with such different perspectives. And it's for most people, it's the first time you're away from your parents and yeah. you can really decide who you want to be and 
and formulate some new ideas, which I think that's the real like important part mm-hmm. of going to college and not necessarily like the education. Cause there's, there's plenty of majors that you're, mm-hmm. you're never going to make your money back. You know yeah. what I mean? To I learn wanna, some great yeah, things. I, I agree but, there. Cause it's like, um, networking, like networking is like mm-hmm. one of like the most like major factors of college. I feel like it's like one of the most val- valuable things that I got out of it. Cause like, you know, I met this kid, I met that kid, um, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I'm, I now do business with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would not have been able to like made those connections had I not gone to school. Like, and there, there's also like that, um, if you don't go to school, I feel like you end up with like a small town syndrome. Um, True, you like, you're in your hometown, you like never leave it. And you only know the people that are around you that, you know, are your neighbors that, um, you know, you have like some type of like mutual connection with. If you don't leave and like go out, like college or wherever, like, and like make some connections, you're just, you're stuck to that like population of people. And I feel like it's so hard to break out of that. It's hard to break out. And well, and the thing is, that wouldn't be a bad thing, except for like, it's important to get out of that comfort zone because like as much as people hate on the liberal agenda and like, you know, they're pushing these crazy things in in (laughs) colleges and like, um, the bottom line is you, a lot of people fear what they don't understand or what they've never met or what they've never come into contact with. And, you know, as much as, we would love to all learn from what everybody says about the world. Most people learn by experience. And until you have that experience for yourself, um, it's just not going to stick with you. And for, I mean, especially coming from North Dakota and Minnesota, like a lot of rural places, there are so many people that I think had they never went to college, they would still be stuck in a very, in a very different mindset about a lot of different things, you know? So it's really important to just get, just get exposed to that. Yeah. Exposure. And then if you want to go back to your small town, then it's fine, you know? Like, you got you to gotta find though? your peace somehow. Who you does, know? though? Like, I feel like once you, like, you, you I won't say escape because I feel like that, like, implies that uh, you hate where you are. Mm-hmm. But, like, once you, like, get out of that and you, like, you know, you do experience, you, like, get that exposure, um, you, like, widen your horizon. Why would you go back? Like, you know, like. Well, but everywhere you came from, yeah, yeah. everywhere you came from wasn't such a bad place. I, I guess. I went to school up in North Dakota, and I'm coming, uh, like, all of us came back from uh, North Dakota, mm-hmm. which is, you know, every, in everyone's mind, mm-hmm. it's, like, smaller, and everyone wants to get out of North Dakota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we came there, mm-hmm. back here. And I feel like we had more opportunities where we came from in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities. And I think, like, part of what you're saying is, like, kind of not looking at the whole picture, because... Mm-hmm. You, like most people, I want to say most people, they see this bigger picture and they want to bring some of that back home. Mm -hmm. They want to implement that in their own communities. Okay, I see what you mean. Because they don't want to just go out willy-nilly into some random place and like, you know, leave everything that they've known behind. That's just not how like... I hear what you're saying, but at the same time... Um, I, I guess like from my own like personal experience, like of Fargo specifically, most of our friends, like, you know, are like that situation where like, you know, come small town place, don't know a lot of people come college, find the horizon and like, like Jay, uh, Jasmine, Jazz, like all three of those people, like 
really don't want much to do with where they're from after like you know moving onwards like into like something mm-hmm. like bigger and better and it's like it's like it's not necessarily because like they're trying to like run away from it but because um they can't find a lot of change um from their homes well then it also goes into interest right because uh-huh. like North Dakota is mainly farming. If if farming yeah. is not your interest, you have nothing to apply your knowledge to. That's true, because uh, most of like the kids like are agriculture students. Yeah, or even then, like I know that you were talking about bringing that back to people from your small town, but even thinking about somebody who I'm pretty anti-social, I could see mm-hmm. wanting to go going to the city, seeing all these things, picking out things that I like, and then. Like going back to that small town, and you can create your own little slice of heaven. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. especially if you're a very family oriented person, I can de- I can definitely see you know doing the Kanye thing, opening up <laughs> you know a ranch, yeah. you know, a big ranch of whatever it is that you want. He's got yeah. these crazy tanks and stuff the driving tanks. on his. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's not traditional he farmland, Jesus you know, like. I, I could definitely see how that would be appealing to a lot of people. Okay. You know? the, okay. Then I, I definitely see what you mean there. Like as far as like creating your own slice of heaven, like very Kanye ass. Cause like he literally out in some fucking ranch in uh, Wyoming, um, making new plans for Yeezy and like, you know, all his like stuff there, making music, giving random Jesus tanks to like people he likes, um, your own slice of heaven, but it takes some work to get there. We are yeah, not you got to have some resources, that's for sure. I don't think you can go back the same person <laughs> uh, with the same, you know. Yeah. You got to be able to create. I think that's the main thing. And I think um, on that, I think if you were to, like, come back and, like, build something of your own, like, home, you have to, like, go on that journey. Like, you know, go out, um, you know, make your money wherever, like, uh, build up, like, you know, whatever you're doing in your industry. Come back, you know, like the champion of your town and do do whatever that you want to do there. Like, you know, like increase industry in yeah. that place you live. But but you don't even have to be a champion or town. A lot of this, a lot of this whole discussion yeah. uh, is almost um, like an ego driven discussion. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. society is a very ego driven society. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very difficult to separate yourself from that. And, you can you can do a lot of things for your ego, but it won't necessarily make you happy. I think everybody knows that. But yeah. like I think a lot of us have alluded to during this, it's very hard. It's a lot easier said than done to do what makes you happy versus do what um, will make your your image and your and your friends and your family and your community and your your legacy. Um, like doing things for all those things as opposed to just doing things for what you enjoy and the pro the, if you don't set, uh, I think I can't remember who said this, but it was something about, you know, you're, you should set a long-term goal that you can never reach. And you should make sure that the process of getting to that, uh, is something that you enjoy because in all reality, a goal is like a very fleeting thing. You know what I mean? And is that like, um, um, a shoot for the stars, land on the moon type deal? I suppose. I don't think, I think it's bad for anybody to reach their ultimate goals. Uh You know what I mean? Like you should have huge goals, 
and and but then that that goal should lead to something new exactly something that yeah. maybe you didn't know you'd go want to go towards yeah i mean there's be. there's a reason that people that when people retire if they don't have some kind of small hobby or small business that they own or they a family to look yeah they die in ye- in a matter of months sometimes in a few <laughs> years like you know it's wild if you don't have some kind of purpose then uh-huh. you know you're you're done actually i was just talking to a janitor at work this guy is 60 years old yeah. He he's a, he's a black dude, so black tone crack. He looks like he's twenty, well, thirty years old probably, and he's sixty. And he was telling me that he actually did retire, and he was retired for two weeks. And he was like, "Man, I was taking naps every day. I mowed the lawn six times. And I was like, what do I do now, bro? Yeah. I'm like, I miss I miss the work. And he had two weeks of retirement. And he said, I, like, I, he didn't know how much longer he could make." make it like that and he came right back and he's yeah. a janitor mm-hmm. all he does is take the trash from one floor down to the basement go back mm-hmm. and but but he's made it into uh, a process that he enjoys he says hi to everybody he has very interesting discussions yeah. he um he obviously has some level of like fitness in his job which i think is kind of important mm-hmm. like he gets his steps in his movement and uh, gives him a reason to be to get up in the morning yeah. and to have good hygiene and to, you know, the whole nine yards. Like that, I, I think that I would much rather be that guy yeah. long term than, you know, a lot of very successful people. I hear what you're saying and I like definitely agree, but I feel like that's like um, um, a byproduct of like being in the rat race. Because, like, um, you, you know, like, I don't think a lot of, like, uh, people in, like, the professional world have time for hobbies mm-hmm. um, no, that, like, true. you know, make them happy. Because um, when, when I think about, like, a situation like that, it's like, it, this is a person who is happy doing the work he's doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you know, outside of that, he doesn't have a lot that makes him happy. Yeah. Like, well, that that is very true. And actually, you guys probably... A lot of people can't identify with that because you guys are very creative. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, like free time is the scariest thing ever mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> throw on a Netflix show. Yeah, like, and waste then, five hours. And then there's people asking, like, I watch all Netflix. You know what now? Mm-hmm. Like, That's horrifying. Watch my whole show. All of Netflix. <laughs> what? Imagine free time is scary, man. Yeah. It's scary for a lot of people. Uh-huh. And, you know, some people are going to be like that janitor and there's some people, I think the more creative people are like, they can never imagine ever living like that or being mm-hmm. happy like that. No, you know? like, I think, I think that's like, kind of, this yeah, I think that's kind of, it, it's, it's a matter of perspective, right? Cause yeah. some people are creative. Some people like what they like or what their job is like mm-hmm. you can't discount the fact that of this course there's nothing wrong with liking the your fact job. that he gets to talk to all of these people every day mm-hmm. like yeah he takes out the trash the fuck do you care about that like you know like he's he's doing what he fucking loves mm-hmm. and like having that taken away from you or like you voluntarily taking that away from yourself because you think it's what you're supposed to do yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's that's kind of like you know you you can phrase that same thing for a creative person you know like like 
if if you've been doing art for like forever and someone takes art away from you or you mm-hmm. voluntarily take it away from yourself, the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah. I suppose for for those kind of people getting that nine to five job would be the equivalent of retirement because yeah. now you're taken away from that. Yeah. You know? But I met uh an artist at the airport. He'd work as a bartender right outside the overpriced drinks that you can get right before your flight. Yeah. We were going to uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, but we sat down for some pre-flight mimosas. And this guy was just telling us all about his artwork. Um, he'd been an artist since, you know, since he was young, but he was just supporting his, his career like that, working at the airport. Um, and he was still, I think he was in his sixties and he was still pursuing that dream of, uh, getting like children's books deals and like selling his artwork online. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it was, you know, you could tell he probably hadn't reached the level of success that he dreamt himself to reach, but he was still pursuing that goal, still going to work every day and still, I could see like the enthusiasm and happiness in his eyes when he was telling me all about his his drawings and mm-hmm. getting like Dude, a children's I, book deal. I I really really like love people like that because um it brings me back to um a Big Sean quote. Um yeah. Big Sean said in a song, um if you're doing what you love in your free time, you still made it. Um, and if you, if you can like make time for it and like do the things that like, you know, like you want to be doing that makes you happy, even though like, you're not like the greatest and the biggest, um, and like, you know, you're still working a normal job, but you're still doing it, you know, you're still trying, you know, you don't like, uh, throw it away because it's not working. Mm -hmm. You still, you still made it because like, you're doing it, you're doing what you enjoy and not like anyone, like anything stop you from doing it. Mm -hmm. And I, at 60 still doing that yeah dude i like i love that that's like that's like super passionate to me mm. but yeah. well yeah why why do we well i guess i know I, everybody knows why you want whatever you do to be super popular uh-huh. but it seems like in in a culture where we've seen it's almost like as a culture, we, we're aware that we should, we should go through some sort of ego death. Like we leave like high school, everybody's got the hormones running. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a huge ego. It matters who you're dating. If you're on the <laughs> matters, varsity football yeah. team, like yeah. all this stuff. And and you just can't wait to like college is the best time for most people. Cause they're finally out of that. And they feel like people have gotten away from that kind of ego driven um, mindset. Mm. But then it's like, we get we get out of high school and it slowly comes back to us, you know, and it matters how big we are or that people like this or X amount of people like that. It's, it I just find it weird that we can't job. run away from it. Yeah, exactly. you get the big job or you get you're the doctor or anything like that. Dude, I it's I don't think I I don't think we a lot of people can get away from it because it's like so like hardwired into us. Or like into like most people, um, because I, I, I hear, yeah, huh? I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing, right? Uh, it's like a motivator. I, I say like like fifty fifty in that because 
I don't like workplaces end up being just like that, where there are like, you know, like there's a specific like work culture of like um, high school. Like, you know, you have like your popular kids who are like, you know, smashing it over here. You have like, you know, like your outcast group over here. Um, you have like your popular girls over there and like um, they're they're all like fighting for their own like specific like reasons. And it's like I because I, I, I hear it so often from um, just like other adults that I know that it's just it's very high school drama, mm-hmm. even after like you get a job and you've been there for a minute. And like that's like it's just it's, it's very weird to me because you'd think we'd like outgrow um high school mm-hmm. uh, or at least like a high school society mm-hmm. i mean that's uh, that's the society that you got to know in your most developmental stages you true. think you can just run away from that no uh, you, you're right but it's just it's it's still wild to me you know like because uh as like as i like grow more and more um i just realize how little i care about certain things um, and like, don't get me wrong, like, my ego is still like un- enormous. And like, I care about like a lot of like things. But um, I after time, I've realized certain things I can't do anything about. And I just don't care anymore. I like put little mind or pay a little like attention into it. And I just like, when I look back onto my like high school stuff, I'm just like, damn, dog was trying way too hard. And it's just like, eh, I don't care for that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I'm, you guys are all right. It gets you places. But it, it is just weird that we know we know long-term happiness is probably not driven by your ego, but regardless, we still use it mm-hmm. all the time. You know what I mean? Can you survive without ego? Probably not. Probably not. I think it's a human condition thing. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, because, like, without, like, some form of ego, like, what drives you to, like, move forward, drives you to be better, um, you know, like... You don't have any identity. Uh-huh. And your identity, like, drives what you want exactly. in life. There's a certain, like, pride in yourself yeah. that, that, like, ego brings. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess it's not really a point of Uh Okay, well, Christian, do you think you are a successful college graduate? I would say no, just because even after all this talk, you know, the bottom yeah. line is the conversations that you're really going to have with people, uh-huh. they're going to be looking to check the box of, did you go right from college to med school, which is, or PA school for me? And mm-hmm. I didn't do that. So what I, do I consider myself successful? Again, no, because I don't, <laughs> like, I don't ever want to be, when you fall into that, yeah. you know, I am successful now. Uh-huh. Someone might look at you and think you're very successful, but then yourself looking at you, at you, or like someone who's hiring you or, uh, you know, accepting you into med school, they're looking at those those boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're looking at those boxes, and and as as me looking at myself, it's another one of those things where I, just like that janitor. As soon as I consider myself successful, I don't know where to go from there, you know, because yeah. that, that is what drives you mm-hmm. is the, the next thing. Like I definitely has, have recognized that I want to be in healthcare and I want to be in medicine. 
because but the capacity in which I want to be in it has changed a lot because I've realized what part of the process I would actually enjoy doing. Yeah. Like originally in in college, I thought I might want to be a, a biochemist or I thought I might want to do um, like even become a pharmacist or like or design drugs or something in that capacity. So my first kind of job in the field was as a medicinal chemistry like lab assistant. Yeah. Because I wanted to dip my toe in the water and see and I absolutely hated it. Like <laughs> I I love the science that comes from it because medicine in America is very it's very interventional. I mean everything is drugs, you know, unless it's surgery. You know, surgery you can fix somebody up pretty quickly, but the bottom line is in America, if you're treating somebody, if you're a doctor, if you're whatever, you're giving them drugs to fix the problem. It's not like a preventional um, eat this way, diet, exercise. Everybody knows that, but we haven't really pushed it in America. So you do what and, you want and then you take a pill to, exactly. to feel better. Which is, and I found that interesting. It is cool to know that it's almost, you know, like medicine is the real life magic. Like you just, this tiny little thing you put in your body and all of a sudden you're yeah. cured or mm -hmm. you're, you know, taking what psychedelics, you're in another galaxy yeah. or something, you no, know. Dude, like, antibiotics. <laughs> Antibiotics. As exactly. we said before, you know, like you get your vodka crayon, put a little bit of alkaline water in it, it helps you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, no, I found that I just didn't enjoy the lab work as much as I'm not a people person. Yeah. I it was a it was very lonely work, and it's also very difficult. Like you're. When you draw out experiments, you know, you're, you're isolating all your variables and stuff, but something inevitably, inevitably goes wrong. And it was all, I was also at the point where I was like faking it till I make it. I didn't want to bother my professor mm -hmm. too much, Yeah. but I also didn't have the knowledge. So I was constantly reading, um, reading papers and reading yeah. textbooks that I didn't need to and stuff. It was just, I realized that was not the life I could see myself living long term uh -huh. at all. Yeah. And, um. So then I decided from there, okay, that's not what's for me. Uh, then I ended up working in a like a mental health and addiction treatment center, and I found I actually really liked it. And like I said, even though I'm not a people person, I found that in when I'm in the capacity and I feel like I'm in a group of people that has a goal in mind, especially helping people, then I, I tolerate people a lot better or I'm <laughs> able to like communicate a lot better and I have much more patience for people in that capacity. Yeah. It's actually super weird. I'm, I'm very good at in patient care settings. I'm very patient um, even for some of the ridiculous things that like patients or yeah, clients I, do. You're super like well-mannered and like tempered, um, which is like very unlike um, a lot of the rest of your family members that yeah. I know. Well, but here's the thing in my spare time or to my family and friends, I have, I have very little of all of those things. Really? <laughs> I mean, but it's just, I don't know. I like that it brings that out of me. And I think it does force me to do, um, force me to get out of my comfort zone enough to where I like it. And yeah. I like the process of that a lot more, which is when I realized I wanted to be a physician assistant as opposed to, um, going into biochemistry or yeah. like, uh, designing drugs or anything like that. And I realized I didn't want to be a doctor because I didn't want that to be my life, you know? Mm -hmm. 
like as much as I love those things, I also go on a bunch of tangents as far as things that I enjoy or topics that I like. Yeah. And I wanted to have the freedom to pursue those things and still be in a provider role. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner, they operate in the same capacity, but they're not, they don't have nearly the amount of school that a doctor has. And they don't have, generally, they don't have uh, as big of an obligation as far as hours go, which I thought was a big deal, you know. Yeah. But it put me behind the eight ball because in all reality, um, that's why I'm in the position now I'm in because the the requirements for PA school are very different from medical school. Yeah. So that's what, because I didn't realize I wanted to do that till my junior year, now here I am accruing all of these hours that I wasn't getting in college. Or mm -hmm. Whereas if I would have known that, I would have been doing that, you know. So. But I think like, part of you know, the process is going through and finding what you love, you know, like you're not, you're not going to fucking bust out of the womb and be like, I, I'm going to do this. And that's just mm -hmm. unrealistic. Like, you you got to struggle through all this bullshit to find the one, two couple of things that you love yeah. and then strive for that. And we're talking about the successful college student, what that looks like. And I think it's someone like you who's tried out those different avenues, trying out your different interests until you finally work your way into what feels right. And you, who knows, maybe you'll switch up what you're doing again, but, you know, you're getting that experience and you're figuring out what you want to do and what you don't like. So I think that's definitely a trait successful college grads will have as they've explored the different avenues mm -hmm. yeah hopefully i think yeah you should make it sustainable and something that you actually want long term because yeah but all that being said you still you know you go through those thoughts in your head like i know people that have gotten into medical school like um and i'm like wait are you serious like you're really going to be treating people like like they're I don't morons know, or, or like they have like bad character? What do you mean by that? Just a lot of variables. There's a lot of dumb doctors, honestly, for real. People don't realize that. I don't know why doctors are put on pedestals like they know a yeah. lot of things, but there are yeah. a lot of not intelligent doctors. <laughs> There's a off. lot of sponges in a lot of bodies. Yeah. yeah. And, True. and I don't know. The other thing is that same comparison thing. Like you, Like even... I chose to go to the U of M because it was um, their College of Biological Sciences. It was like a much more competitive um, environment, I guess, than a lot of the environments I was thinking of going to. And that kind of hurt my GPA, whereas if I would have went to other places, like when I went back, I, like I had to take some classes at MSUM, for example, and I knew a couple doctors in my classes, and I knew what I knew compared to they, what they knew, and I was just like, yeah, it's kind of like the the big fish in a little pond, or little fish in a big pond. Yeah, idea. it just like, it makes <laughs> you it makes you question when to go out on the limb or how you how you should have done it. it was it all worth it? You know what I mean? Yeah, like we I I can say all this stuff about how I really enjoyed the journey, I've enjoy, enjoyed the process, and you know you said it, you don't come out of the womb knowing what you want to do, but you really wish you did, right? Yeah. Well, everyone <laughs> expects you to know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone expects you to know like how you're gonna like 
figure it out or just like I think and it's, like, just, it's know, just not part never of the, the case. Part of it is also the fact that like society glamorizes these like young successful people. Uh-huh. Well, and, like yeah, just they're not found a something really by fast. Because uh-huh. like. <laughs> dude, like it's I I find it like wild because um when I talk to like actual like um like successful professionals, they tell me all the time about like how like ridiculous it is to like expect someone to be like successful like in their 20s like um successful by like 30 like you know really a lot of these like big people that i know didn't find like major success until like you know they were in like their mid 30s like late 30s and like yeah, that's true. you know all this stuff it doesn't like happen like out the gates like even like finding out like what you like you know want to do like you know like figuring that out by like by before you reach 25 or before you reach like 30 is like ideal but um it's not always the case you know like we yet people are still following like you know people's magazine mm-hmm. like you know the first person yeah. on there is the 19 year old who just made it well and that's the thing that's why like we are talking about what does the successful college graduate look like? Because, yeah. like, um, when I think about that question, I, like, uh, think about it in, like, you know, our, like, our modern terms today. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not like, the, the standard way. Because the successful college graduate, I don't think, is, like, a real thing. I think it is um, an idea um, that doesn't actually <laughs> exist. Because, yeah. um, like, let's say, like, you know, you, you do follow, like, the standard. You, like, uh, graduate. You, like, get a job. Um, and like, you know, you're working like right away. Um, if you're like lucky, maybe you'll like, you know, whatever you're doing, you'll be getting paid like between 50 and 70 K mate. If you're lucky, you know, those are like nice numbers. We can talk Um, about the happiness curve too. uh, Like how much money do you need to make to be happy? You need to sell your soul to the devil. Anything more than that, then. Mm You know the happiness curves go yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's really tough, um, and and that's why I say it's like it's not an easy thing to do. Like, um, and I think like we're probably all here guilty of like putting ourselves like under that pressure. Maybe like necessarily the like you know like school bound, but like um the success like part of it. Um, like you need to be like so, like it, it's good to like put yourself like um on a set track, like you were saying, like, early, give yourself, like, a really stupid goal that you don't think you're going to reach, and, like, you know, just, like, try your hardest there, but, um, like, a lot of people, a lot of us are guilty of, like, putting a lot of pressure on ourselves, and, um, I think... Letting ourselves down. Yeah, and, yeah, you're right, like, exactly, but, um, it's okay to, like, experience those disappointments, because we are only human, you know, like, Like, we're we're not infallible. At the same time, I do think it works as extremely good catalyst mm-hmm. to make people do what they want to do. Yeah. Because, like, if you're stuck in a shit job, yeah. like, and you think, oh, damn, like, I want to be doing this right now. I see these people that I follow doing this right now. Like, that makes you want to move. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to be somewhere. Of course. Because, like, I... I think that's helpful in some fa- Yeah. In some manners. I... And, like, w- once it gets into the extremes, like, yeah. anything in the extreme is bad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I think it's just finding that middle ground. Mm-hmm. You're, you're 100% right. Because um, I think, like, after working on, like, the like a uh, Ford shoot uh, last week, 
Um, didn't that like rile you up as far as like, you know, getting to like work with these like, you know, executive professionals yeah. and like, you know, being like, wow, okay. I, like, how do I have to like hustle to like get close to where they are? Like, you know, like setting those like standard standards for yourself are really important. And, um, like, I, I can't say it much differently. So like finding like that happy medium where like, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, but also, Hey, doing what I can, you know? Um, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting, you know, it, like, it brings me back to the, the one, um, um, uh, what's his name? Baby Keem and Kenneth Lamar's song. Let's get this shit. And then maybe sometimes just top the morning. <laughs> that is actually a horrible song. That was, <laughs> I'm really not a fan of it. Okay, the thing I don't know whether or not to take that song seriously because it's like yeah. it's like what is the song? It's like Range Brothers. Range, Range Brothers is the yeah. song, and you know it's like I can't tell if he's being serious with that bar because it's literally just like let's get this shit, let's get this shit, let's get this shit. Hmm. Top of the morning. <laughs> top of the morning. Top. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I whether don't know or not it's serious. I don't know what Kendrick is preparing for. Like, I don't know if he's preparing to drop an album full of yeah. what, enacting white voices. You know what I mean? But it's like on that yeah. one, on his uh, his like country accent or whatever uh, on the single for Baby Keem. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it? Family Ties, where he's like, you know, how's it going, brother? Uh, some something, brother. Yeah. But is he ready to drop a whole album in that? In that style, He's exploring a new genre. I yeah. mean, Kendrick, Kendrick's known for having different voices. Yeah, and that's I think true. That, that's what makes him like extremely unique. Uh, that, yeah, that's very. That's definitely what set him. But like, it's sure. like when I like heard those like features, I was like, "Damn, Kendrick, how are you gonna say you're gonna be smoking everybody's top fives?" And you like, yeah. "This is what you're doing." Like, because like I'll listen to that song in um in the gym, like uh, Range Brothers, and I'll be like. Uh, like Baby Keem will be on. He'll be like, you know, um, Rolly Gang, Rolly Gang, Rolly Gang, Rover Gang, Rover Gang, Rover Gang. And I'm like, damn, inspiration. <laughs> and then, uh, like, you know, like uh, Kendrick Lamar's bit will come on, and then he's just like, top of the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't help but laugh. Yeah. Although I realized listening to listening to Baby Keem's album, he suffers from what a lot of of people that kind of have this um, family ties that gets them in. Uh huh where they have insane production and the mastering is all mm-hmm. there and there's super cool beats and they're, uh, they've got flows and everything, but they yeah. really struggle lyrically and, and structuring kind of a mm-hmm. narrative. You know what I mean? It's kind of empty. like yeah. Jaden, Jaden Smith had that problem yeah. for a long time. What Great. about, do you ever listen to any of Willow Smith's music? Um, I haven't for a long time. She's been dropping some new stuff recently. Yeah. She, because because when she first came out, wasn't she was very pop. She was very right? pop, definitely. So I just I didn't really buy into it right mm. away because I just couldn't. Yeah, no, I it. sometimes I can't get away from that that feeling where it's like, wow, your parents were were super successful, so you were kind of born into that success and more or less destined mm-hmm. to it. Because mm-hmm. like what, obviously someone like that, yeah in that position that's going to have a lot of expectations on of them, mm-hmm. possibly from their parents. It's like, wow, my parents were Will Smith and mm-hmm. what's, who's their... Jaden Smith. Jada. Yeah. Jada. yeah. I know, Will Smith and what's his wife's what's name? The, oh, his Jada. wife's name? Jada, yeah. Jada. 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 Yeah, obviously, like, they have a lot to live up to. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... No, that's still... Impre- I don't take away... 
anything away from those people. I don't know if it's harder even yeah. Yeah. to be in that position, but I think with the expectations being on them, it's uh. probably hard. But then as far as like resources and connections go, they're oh, yeah. like pretty well, set up. Because dude, that's like why like when uh Jaden Smith like first like hopped up on the scene, I like honestly was not fucking with him because like it was just like, wow, this is a fake rapper. Like, you know, he got his like clout from his dad, you know, he's like piping up a persona that he's never had before, and I was not buying it. I really didn't like it. But then I listened to a few of his songs, I was like, uh as long as you talk about what you know. Yeah. I think it's also a problem when, like, you know, big, big people who already have those connections come out with songs. Mm-hmm. I think it's a problem of, like, hey, like, established rappers, they have, like, dozens of albums of music that you've never heard. Yeah. Because they were shit back then. Yeah. But you have this That's, person yeah, yeah. who's had all these connections and mm-hmm. they have the money and, like, Resources, to, yeah, resources to get the advertisement that they need to get their first album mm-hmm. to like debut that big. Yeah, that that's terrible because like you know you're putting out some of like your most experimental like n- like novice work mm-hmm. no, and expecting true, it yeah. to be like you know this big shit. Yeah, competing mm-hmm. with these people that have like literally canned mm-hmm. billions of songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the thing, like, it's, like, that hustle that, like, I feel like that big, like, hustle that grinds to, like, get on top is, like, I value it a lot. And that's, like, part of the reason why I dislike Jaden Smith to begin with. Because, like, you, you didn't, like, like you said, like, he got, like, everything he needed um, and hopped up on the scene and was, like, big instantly. Um, but, like, we, like, I think just, like, the genuineness of, like, working, like, you know, like, getting it out the mud is, like, so, like, valuable to being, um, like, a fan favorite. Because, like, that's, like, what we see from, like, uh, like, uh, people like, uh, Lil Baby right now. Lil Baby, Lil Baby is probably the most popular rapper right now. Um, like, and part of that has to do with, like, him coming from, like, you know, like, the very big, like, trap background. Like, you know, it was literally, like, selling drugs and, like, you know, whatever, whatever. But um, he uh, decided, hey, um, this rapping or I mean, this like drug dealing stuff does not have a lot of longevity. I have some friends that rap. Um, he was actually like uh, had family that knew who um, uh, Young Thug was, mm-hmm. uh, so he was already like connected with Young Thug, and Young Thug was actually one of the people who told him, hey. Stop selling drugs. Start rapping. So we really didn't get it off the mud. Then is what you're telling uh, me. Yeah. Young thug, and then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. He, and, okay. And that's another young thing. Thug's my family friend. It's fine. Okay. To be fair, technically he didn't get it all the way out the mud. And like that's another like really big thing. Um, because like I, I'm like a pretty big music fan, and like I'll like like watch like um interviews with like artists like every once in a while. And like what I've like come to find out is a lot of these like big guys didn't really like start from the bottom they started from like the middle yeah um because like um asap ferg asap ferg's dad is literally um an artist that's like worked with like uh big labels for like just um creating like random um art for stuff for instance he worked with um fucking diddy to like make mm-hmm. the the bad boy logo so like well, big connection yeah, yeah. there um who's another one fucking um Juice World is actually uh, the nephew of um, Young Dolph. Hmm. Uh, there's like there's a lot of like random people like that where they just have some like random connection and like that's they kind of get like um, a jump start. 
And that doesn't discount the quality of their work, but it does slightly discount how hard they worked for it. Does it really? I don't know. It obviously took them some work to yeah. get noticed yeah, by sure. these guys. Because like then, then we go into the whole like you know, uh, <laughs> seven nodes of connection, right? Uh, everybody is connected to everybody in the world mm-hmm. through seven people. Yeah. Like you know, you just got to find the right people. Uh-huh. True. And especially, I mean, relating to college. At the end of the day, it really is uh, connections. You know, it's who you know, it's yeah. not what you know. That's why right? your degree doesn't matter. In the at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. the physical degree, like, just that college coursework doesn't matter as much as who you've met in college, who you've connected with, whether it be, like, you know, someone in a hospital or, like, the lab that you've been working in, those lab professors, or yeah. like if you're sales and marketing, whatever firm you were working at. Plus, I think it also goes into, like, you know, just asking people, like what is your life story because like most people don't give a shit and it's it's crazy to see that because like you know if you sit down and talk to someone holy shit they know so much mm-hmm. and it and it will like i think a lot of that has to do with like us living in a very like fast-paced culture uh where a lot of people aren't really willing to like take the time to like uh, get to like sit down and like know someone um because i think this like goes back in like to working with like you know professionals in the real world um if you like get to like know these people like you know hear them just like kind of like learn their history a bit and like you know vice versa to them um like connections like that become so like meaningful because yeah. like you become like you, you you you're being real with this person and like i think um realness like genuineness is like kind of rare these yeah, days i feel like a lot of i was gonna say a lot of interactions you have with people it's like transactional or mm-hmm. something or it's like a party conversation where you're just like making small talk yeah. and then moving on where genuineness is definitely a little little more rare but yeah. once you do get to know somebody and know their their backstory then you can start developing a course and a relationship yeah. with someone and that's where the benefits like mm-hmm. the true long-term benefits of having a connection are going to pay off 100 but and it would be exhausting to be genuine they're genuine all the time though sure, like, sure. Have genuine interactions, <laughs> like just with i don't know with like a bellhop or with like if somebody i, I guess as a nursing uh-huh. assistant you kind of do because you actually have that time but like if your waiter, your waitress, every yeah. time was genuine with you, and you, you yeah. were having a bad day, and you're like, bro, just go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even uh-huh. about like being genuine; it's uh-huh. about like wanting to like just know about people. Because mm-hmm. like yeah. waiters and waitresses, they will make significantly more money if they if they like entertain and like actually talk to their customers. That is, yeah, and that's, that's like that's just mm-hmm. factual. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, everybody wants to be talked to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just, want to be acknowledged. Everyone yeah. wants to hear their yeah. name. Yeah. Because, you know? like, um, that that whole thing as far as, like, um, building connections um, made me uh, think about um, on, uh, like, our production last week, I was uh, doing, like, work in a specific location. Uh, so there there is a role on a production called uh, Lockout where you have to basically like um, block off a certain location so that uh, civilians don't um, enter uh, the recording set. Mm-hmm. Um, and while doing that, I literally met a couple 
that was from um that moved uh, to Minnesota from California that uh then they were like actual like um other like film professionals that like you know have been doing work in California I like literally chatted it up with them for like you know 10 15 minutes while like I had them like stops and like you know they were just like telling me about like um you know just like past work and then I mentioned to them hey Minnesota's like um you know film and production uh, industry is like really big here you should get involved. I like literally gave them like the avenues to do so. Like, you know, I hooked it up there. We traded contact information. Um, and then I was just like, you know, wow. You know, it's just like, what I are the chances? Thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that was really cool. And like on that same day, I also met a fucking actor that like, you know, was like in like a few like decently big like movies. Like I met a dude who um, had uh, shot, um, who was inside uh, Fargo, the Fargo movie. And he was also um, in the Mighty Ducks. And, like, he told me, like, a few other things. And I was just, like, talking to this dude. Because, like, he saw me, like, just, like, standing around. Um, and, like, you know, was like, hey, what are you doing there? And I was like, um, I'm, like, just, like, telling people they can't go. And uh, we started a conversation. And he was, like, telling me about how he's an actor. And I was like, hey, give me your information so I can look you up on IMDb. And I was like, wow, so cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, like, being, being willing to, like, slow yourself down and just, like, take the time to like talk to someone to like be like genuine or not. And like, um, I feel like it just like adds depth to like, you know, yourself because like, um, you feel a little humbled. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the humbledness of it and you like add depth to your character. I feel like, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to feel, connected i suppose we don't have to get real philosophical yeah, or yeah. get into psychedelics or anything like that, but <laughs> at the end of the day you know everybody does want to feel connected and uh, everybody is connected in all reality you gotta say psychedelics great catalyst yeah there is. is kind of a sense of satisfaction from saying like you'd brag if you saw you know leonardo dicaprio or someone mm -hmm. or jamie fox or some got their signature you'd be showing that that off all day long there's That's some true. satisfaction about meeting someone else who's mm. found success like that and then maybe you know something that that you're telling that person you got yeah. the advice from that actor mm -hmm. you know and you got Although, that experience have you ever yeah. met have any of you ever met somebody and been wildly disappointed Oh, about their character? Um, just in general just or in been general? like really that that's him or that's her you know what I mean? Um... I don't think so, just because, like, I have, as far as, like, famous people go, mm -hmm. I haven't, like, really met any, like, many famous people to begin with. Like, I've seen, like, one person in concert, of which you were supposed to go with me to, but yeah. you ditched me, uh, to the Tyler concert, like, uh, two oh, years yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, besides Way that, to call him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> um, uh, but besides that, like, when I think about, like, like interviews that I've like heard of or just like um uh like certain celebrities getting like talked about and I'm like uh no I mean in person. in person I think there's some there's something weird that happens when anybody that I've met in person I don't know what it is where you finally make the connection like yes this really is just another person yeah and you're kind of you had this never big like yeah. you know idea you had this big picture of them yeah. And you held them up somewhere higher than a normal person. Then you meet them and you get that feeling. It's like, wow, you're just 
really are just another person just like me. Yeah. It's not even that their accomplishments are any less or they're yeah. any less. It's just it's just the idea it seems like is always bigger than the mm-hmm. meeting. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So then let's talk about um, our stages right now. What stage are you in? As I'm, far as like I'm just being limbo. happy. Oh, being happy sure. or of yeah. being yeah. happy, happy finding, finding your success, uh-huh. being where you want to be exactly. in life. I mean, I would say I'm pretty far along in, in the stage of happiness only because I've kind of been forced to, like I said, find a process to where I enjoy it. And that's been that's been like deliberate in the past year and a half. That's yeah. kind of what I've learned from college almost is that in all reality, you might get to where you want to be, but you never know when that's going to be. You know, this mm-hmm. I don't know how many years it's going to take me to get to where I want to go. So yeah. I got to make this process something that I enjoy. And I've definitely been deliberate in doing that. So I would say I'm I'm happy and I'm at the points where I'm not happy. I at least am am self-aware enough to know like maybe I maybe I feel unhappy but I I can kind of reframe it and put it into perspective and think you know this will pass or like you know when especially you know a lot of people have mental illness and your mental illnesses lie to you your anxiety your depression lies to you and when you have that thing long enough um it's never going to go away, but you're going to be able to like kind of dissociate how you feel versus how reality really is. Yeah. And eventually be able to bring yourself back quicker than before, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been working on. That's why I would say like, I, I'm happy. I'm very far along in the course of happiness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily career wise or success wise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, what are your steps then? Like, uh, how are you trying to get to what right now? How are you trying to get to where you want to be? The main thing is just I got to do whatever I can to get into PA school at this point, which is just get more hours. At this point, it's a waning game. I've already, like, applied and everything, and I'm just Mm -hmm. waiting to hear back whether I got interviews. But knowing how life goes, I'm already formulating my backup plan. Right? So <laughs> yeah. I've already decided if I don't get in this time around, yeah. most people that get into PA school are 27. So in all reality, who knows? But um, yeah, tell us a bit about in. that backup. The backup, I'm going to be, or I'm going to get a BSN, which is like a bachelor's in nursing. Okay. And then I'll just work as a nurse because I actually found now that I worked in a hospital, nurses do a lot more than you think. It's actually a pretty fun job. Mm-hmm. So that's something where I could see myself actually enjoying in the interim and I can keep applying to PA school or if I want to, I can just become a nurse practitioner. Yeah. The same, you know. While you're doing that, you're making the bag. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's ne- the Nurses will never not have a job and there's a lot of mm-hmm. hospitals in general the bonuses are just crazy because there's so many shortages. So even now, like I make 1850 as a CNA, but the bonuses because of how short we are is just insane. It's like if you pick up an eight hour shift, it's two hundred dollars. If you pick up a four hundred or a, a four hour shift, it's a hundred dollar bonus. So now, I mean, I can plan it to where I'm like I work. Usually, I work a double once or twice, maybe once a week. 
and you got to think like you get eight hours and you get overtime for uh, the first four hours after eight, which is time and a half. And then you get double time for the last four. So even though I'm a CNA, even though I'm in my mind, I'm low on the totem pole, like I can still make the money. Like I make 450, yeah. 500 bucks in a day. You know what I mean? So I'm not as worried about the financial aspect. Yeah. And especially when you, when you grow up and you're really paying, you know, people grow up and have to pay for their stuff in different time segments in their life but i realized the life that i wanted is not that expensive luckily <laughs> you know what i mean uh-huh so um that's why yeah. that's another part of my happiness is i realized i i feel like when i was younger i thought life was a lot more expensive uh-huh. than it actually is and it is expensive when you're trying to flex or when you don't make your own meals ever mm-hmm. or whatever but i think it's very like priority based like based on like what's what you like value as far as um your happiness like what makes yeah. you happy mm-hmm. um cuz i think there are definitely a lot of those people that like you know you got to like you, you got to get the nice watch you know to like you know impress your coworkers yeah. um you have to have like you know that new mercedes like s class you know to impress your coworkers well, and, and i, I totally you. get that i'm just glad i'm not a person that those are the things <laughs> that makes me happy yeah. you know cuz then i will be screwed but uh-huh. For know. now, I can I can save a lot because yeah. those are not things that I really care about, yeah. you know. Like vanity is a really like weird thing because um, I I think it's like kind of like double sided because like a lot of people they'll like you know want the super nice car, you know, to uh, so people think they're cool or like just because like they like it. I think the just because they like it is a very a much smaller demographic. Um, and the thing is like, even just because you like it aspect is like even still kind of like, um, vanity because like, um, it, this is a thing of value. If like you, if you really didn't care about like, you know, the nice things in life, like you'd be okay driving like a beater, having like, you know, 30 million in the bank, you know? And like, there, there are literally like millionaires like that, that drive around fucking beaters. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's not a thing to them because, um, you know, I, I like fall victims of this stuff like all the time of like, you know, like seeing like, you know, like the big like rappers and like saying like, damn, uh, that Lamborghini truck looks pretty nice. Mm, 400 K maybe one day. Yeah. No. And <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, the guy who owns the boat yard that I, I rent the slip, um, for my boat at, he's just, you know, he's loaded. Yeah. He's a millionaire. He could buy whatever boat he wants um but he's just he doesn't have a house he just sleeps in the boatyard and he drives just this yeah. shitty little truck because mm-hmm. he doesn't care at all and then he's happy yep he goes up to these two uh yachties who are staying in his yacht club <laughs> um and he's like guys you parked me in you gotta move your car and yeah. they're like well who are you like, like he doesn't own yeah. the fucking lot. <laughs> and then he goes back. He's like, well, who are you guys? And the lawyer, I guess they're lawyers, two uh-huh. lawyers. They're like, well, let me see your, like your ID. And he's like, well, I own, or he say, he goes, I own this boat yard. You need to move that. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, let me see your ID. Like, I don't believe you. And then the boat yard owner goes, well, let me see your ID. And then <laughs> the, <laughs> the two lawyers go, well, yeah. I got a bigger boat than you. And that's oh. when he just, that's when he just turned around and walked away. Yeah. Dude, really? I want to be like, bro, you better get this fucking shit out of my 
fucking property. Like, yeah. how are you going to come at him like that? My boat's bigger than yours. Oh, well, I own the water that your uh, boat is in. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, you know, there's some people, it's like goes back to the ego thing. It's like mm-hmm. who they are, what they own, yeah, the connections they have. And then some people who are maybe like, well, they're well connected and they have a lot of money. They yeah. own a whole boat yard. And that doesn't really, you know, make a huge difference on what their character is mm-hmm. or how they live their life. You know, true. They, Very big ego thing. Like, it's just like, what's well, it's it's just what it, makes you happy at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. like, you know, that doesn't matter like outside. Um, just be happy for what you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. although yeah. let's be honest here, yeah. like I totally get now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of people I understand their ego because in all reality, not everybody is like genetically blessed or let's say we strip away all the material things or whatever mm-hmm. of the world and you just have who you are, you know, how you talk, how you present yourself, mm-hmm. you know, your physique, your, your yeah. face, whatever. I think I think that I can understand being really materialistic if you feel like you have to cover up for like mm-hmm. genetic quote unquote weaknesses. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Fair. That is cover one up, thing. Cover up who you like feel you are. You feel like you're not like that great of a. You're not human, enough. So you. Yeah, we're, you're like overcompensating because at the end of the day, as much as we're you know flying planes and driving cars and stuff, we still have that like caveman hardwiring, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And those are the yeah. those are the things that our brain values the most, even if we want it to be these other things yeah. that we've You're right. You know. So there I can kinda of, understand the ego. <laughs> like, dude, if you're born ugly and you've got a big yacht, okay, uh, you know, I yeah. can't be mad at you if you're yeah. trying to flex something, yeah. you know. What yeah, I'm no, no, I mean like not. <laughs> I think that's like um Part of, like, the, like, ugly doctor syndrome. Like, you know, you got this, like, ugly doctor that, like, is making, like, big bank, multi-millions a year. His wife is super hot. Like, you know, you do certain things to compensate for others. And, like, it's, like, vanity, ego. Like, it's a lot of things. And you're right. You know, there are different reasons for it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you, though, Christian. You can't hate on them for being yeah. successful. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, man. Everybody's got to get what they can. You can hate yeah. on them for being a dick, though. Facts. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't want to go to your head. <laughs> but okay. Uh so for this week, so usually we have like um we have one segment so far called Money Moves, and we talk about just like um relevant topics in like um finance lifestyle that like happened like recently in the news. Mm-hmm. Um I actually forgot to write one for this week. So what you do you should what, be embarrassed. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um but it, what what do you think is relevant right now? I think it's relevant right uh, now. There's like something, something like big that you saw that has to do. I suppose it seems like the big thing going on right now is, uh, well, it seems like Congress is really battling back and forth on this huge infrastructure bill. Like they passed the $1.5 trillion one, but they really mm-hmm. want this $3.5 trillion one. And they're very much... We're in just a really weird place because even during the pandemic, you know, they, they set the interest rates and they set mm-hmm. 0% interest rates. You can't go negative. They talked yeah, about having negative interest rates. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we've been putting off this debt ceiling for so long and we've been trying to maneuver it with the banking system and with, with the Fed specifically. Yeah. And it's like, 
in this past month, we're very close to actually having to stare the consequences of those actions in the mouth, I guess. And that's what a lot of people were blaming the, I don't remember how much it actually dropped, maybe like 3% that the S&P 500 dropped. Mm. Yeah. But I suppose, uh, you know, just buy the dip. Yeah, you know, buy the dip. That's Gotta buy the dip. Definitely don't be afraid to risk risk what you have uh-huh. while you're young too. Yeah, I mean, like I think we, as Put far as this like it. entire president Bitcoin. has gone, presidents. How does how do you pronounce the word? President, not president, not like president, president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've like seen like a lot of like like fluctuations in like our country's money. That's why like you know. The fucking um, markets like gone like down like and up just like uh, really drastically. Like right now we're like back down again. Um, a few months ago we were like kind of up, um, and it's like good for some people. It, I think it's good for like the short term, like you know, young person. That's like fucking up a lot of old people's money. Yeah, if you have to get out now, for sure. I mean, shit, you've been waving a, you've been like surfing on a seven year up. What, what do you mean it's been fucking their shit up? Yeah. <laughs> They're chilling, bro. <laughs> That's true. I suppose even since 2008, true. people are up if they just waited yeah. that little amount of time. True. That's the only reason to... That's the nice thing, I guess, about index funds is that, you know, at the end of the day, you don't really have to go with a mutual fund because indexes manage themselves. Like, if a business is not successful, they're going to add in a, a new yeah. company mm-hmm. and they're going to get rid of it. So realistically theoretically you know the nasdaq the s&p 500 the dow should always go up if they're properly balancing there yeah you know the companies that that are in them included what is it like a seven percent return yearly yeah some i think it's like for the last like i don't know 75 years exactly yeah if you just put it in and leave it it's gonna do way better than Mm -hmm. 90 probably I don't remember what the exact stats were, but it was at least 90% of hedge funds. So why not? Don't make it too complicated. True. Yeah. Especially if you're kind of new to trading and you're not, you know, there's so many different options. You don't want to waste a lot of your time having to worry about checking things every day. If you're like day trading or things like that. Yeah. You have much much better Mm -hmm. things to spend your time on. Much better I, I think day trading is just like a waste of time. You could end up just losing money. Like, well, it's like so, 90%, more than 90%. Yeah. Well, it's just, we, it's, I don't know how you value things anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it used to be stocks were valued based on the revenue and the profit that they could produce in the future. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, Valued based on how cool people think it is. You True. Know what I mean, like well, Tesla's worth more than the top three car yeah. companies and produces and is not even profitable, yeah. but for the fact that they sell these electric vehicle mm-hmm. credits and they'll, they'll never. It's like people think that buying the Tesla as a stock is investing in Elon mm-hmm. Musk, but you're just buying the car company. You're not yeah. buying SpaceX. You're not buying his uh, Hyperloop. You well, know, that, I mean, I mean, a lot they, of that stuff has to do right, with. Though. Because, like, huh? you are investing in the person, Elon Musk. Because, like, that man says, you know, Dogecoin, damn, Dogecoin going up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Wrong. You're not wrong, but that's <laughs> but, what I mean is you don't, like, you have to be in tune uh, with the culture now yeah. to where it, true value doesn't really, yeah. I mean, it does matter. Yeah. But 
it's not more valuable than culture now. Yeah. You know, it, I think a lot of that has to like it is the the fault of um, our generation and um, uh, millennials. So like millennials and Gen Z, it's kind of our fault because um, we hold like different like um, like values in uh, what a company is supposed to be. Because just like you said, uh, with like Elon Musk, a lot of people like him because like he's like very eccentric. Um, you know, like he'll like do like weird things that like you know are like out of the norm. He's like use like anime to promote bitcoin one time oh, really? um yeah it was really weird um he's he'll do like just a bunch of like outlander stuff and people are like you know he's different from these other billionaires yeah. i can trust this guy and like you know stock goes up um and like you're right um they're not you're, you're right about like um the profitability of the company i don't think tesla has like made money since like they came up on the scene uh because like every every year i think they're either taking a loss or like breaking even uh based on the amount of like debt the company is actually in to like uh produce their cars because um they initially they didn't have like enough capital to actually like run the company that's take on like a lot of debt to like produce the amount of cars that they're pushing out and they're so trying I'm to like open sure up they get a lot of grants from the u.s government yeah they're, they're, they're profitable they just solely off that it's not because mm. the car but, but they're, they're not making money though they're not making money i'm just saying they're profitable they're yeah not, they're not in the red you know? mm-hmm. sure but who knows well that's actually that's a huge reason i guess why elon musk wanted biden to continue because i guess trump was going to pull pull a lot of those ev credits mm-hmm. out so and that, that's like his whole well <laughs> that's all of tesla's business right now mm-hmm. but I mean, only aren't those like credits really only like usable in a few states? Like, I know like in California, it's like really big because um, I think uh, you're allowed like what is it like two years of like uh, free like credits to um, like charge your car. Um, I think you also like get like a tax cut for buying an electric car as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only state I've like heard doing stuff like that. I, I'm not aware of like any others. Well, but on a company scale. Uh, the U.S. had a law where if you're a certain size car company, you have to produce a certain amount of, like, electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies just decided they weren't going to do that. And mm-hmm. they, they basically bought Tesla's electric yeah. vehicle credits because that's all that they produce. Yeah. So they could say, like, oh, here, like this. They can give that to the government and say mm-hmm. they did their thing. But mm-hmm. now... The other thing is these big car companies, they're creating their own electric vehicles, so they don't have to buy it necessarily from sure. Tesla anymore. So that's going to go away either way. But, I mean, they use they used the, the government to their advantage while they could. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, looking at it as a stock, it just it doesn't make sense, you know. Mm, Where, yeah. Whereas you have companies like, I guess Alibaba is pretty suspect now because the CCP doesn't like them, but... <laughs> Like Alibaba's, Alibaba's been like sketch from the jump, but Dude, I don't any know. Chinese company. <laughs> That's the thing is I don't I don't know if it was real. I don't know if their actual like uh-huh. financial statements were legit, but they were pristine. You know what I mean? And they projection wise and all that kind of thing, even if they were like half of what they could be or what they're projected to be, like mm-hmm. they should have went up in value. But then yeah. here comes uh, what's his name? Here comes Jack Ma saying something bad about the government. And like that, they stop his IPO for his other company, uh, like Ant Group or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they, they slash a bunch of regulations so that uh, 
now Alibaba drops in uh, drops its stock, and then you don't hear from them for how long? People thought they just killed them because I guess <laughs> there's a bunch of like Chinese um, yeah. business owners if they speak up, up against the CCP, they'll yeah. they'll jump out the window. There's yeah. like a bunch of suicides. And it was like, how did he throw himself? Like, they look at the crime scene and they're like, how did this man throw himself out the window? Yo, China's wild, right? Yeah. Those marks on his neck? Nothing. He killed himself. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Yo. It's like when I talk to people about that sometimes, it's like, if you were running, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto, (laughs) <laughs> of like creating the perfect capitalistic country uh-huh. would be China. You know what I mean? Like you just convince your massive population mm-hmm. that they need to sacrifice for the government. You have an oligarchy that controls well, things, controls. Isn't narrative. that the wildest thing? Because like I think China still considers itself a communist country. Oh no, they're running they're running capitalism to mm-hmm. the T. Like there's a lot of SJWs that think the US is very capitalistic. It is for sure. But yeah. It's on another level over there. I think China is one of the biggest free markets, mm-hmm. like ever. I think Hong Kong is the only place that like tops it. Yeah, and if you're talking to the right person, yeah, both are the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait, is Hong Kong like? Wait, is that a thing too? I thought it was just Taiwan, dude. No, like I'm pretty sure it's like Hong Kong too, right? Like China, China yeah. has like a lot of claim over like. A lot of those small mm-hmm. areas oh, for in sure. general region. Well, you do you guys see? You can't say if you acknowledge Hong Kong, like some NBA players acknowledge Hong Kong, and John Cena acknowledge Hong Kong. Yeah. No, no, it, it was John um, uh, to... Taiwan. He like apologized to China for saying Taiwan was a country. Oh, really? That's and what it was? like, he, he, yeah, he apologized in Mandarin. Yeah. So like, wild, a lot of people dude. were like really mad at him because it was like, wow, bro, you really gonna like you know bend over and like take it? Because of um, you know, your margins are going to be lower. Yeah, man, it's wild what goes goes on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. especially politics. You know, that's a weird thing. That that's one of the weird topics I've got into. Like the older I am, politics, but the more you get into it, it's like uh, it it really is similar to what is it, House of Cards? Like that's really how they do business. Like it yeah. really is these huge super packs and people behind the scenes that are doing doing uh, pulling the strings and yeah. mm-hmm. controlling the narratives. And I don't know. It's it's entertaining. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. much. Especially you know as much as like Trump made it very difficult for. Uh, I don't. I guess I don't know if you guys want to talk about politics on this but we're we're at an open segment here so okay i was just gonna say i love talking to people about trump because it's very it's very interesting Mm -hmm. and i consider myself a libertarian i consider myself someone that can look at things objectively or at least try and i understand why people love trump but i would understand why people hate trump because like as a conservative Trump is probably one of the best presidents that we've ever had in office mm-hmm. as far as the things he was able to accomplish. Like if you're a conservative and you're um, pro-life and he snuck in a bunch of um, people under the Supreme Court that they're really actually legitimately challenging Roe v. Wade now, like that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. He really True. did that. There's like a bunch of he brought – he actually – brought a bunch of business back from other countries where they were, you know, 
you know, you place your business in another place so you can get the tax cuts. Yeah, yeah. He made it, you know, he brought down the, the business tax uh, to the point where it was actually, they could do that, which in all reality didn't really make a dent in the whole thing. But uh, on paper, he did that. I guess immigration, he didn't actually accomplish a lot there. But there are a lot of things that Trump did that as a conservative, I can completely understand policy-wise yeah. why you would love him. Sure. But then there is what people miss as conservatives is is the idea of him as a figure and how as the president, you're the face of America for your four years or your eight years, you know, and how you act very much rubs off on people around the country and actually does affect people's lives. Like it was as any kind of minority you felt you knew that Trump was in office because he gave uh, he gave people the confidence to be hateful. racist, hateful yeah. again. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. If you can say all you want about it being a media bias or him putting him like uh, the media spe uh, skewing him in this light or showing him in this light. But uh, the bottom line is he did change the country and you could tangibly feel it in the tension between parties. Like during the election, I don't know if I have ever felt the collective str like stress of the U.S. at yeah. once as during the election, you know? You just knew like either way there was going to be some serious um, – like something was going to pop off or there's going to be a big sigh of relief. And then you just, you hadn't felt that feeling for so long that you just assumed something else was going to happen. And yes, it, it definitely did, you know, but man, it made for some great, uh, entertainment <laughs> at the same great time. Memes, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I think, um, Fox specifically, or like, just like a lot of like, um, newscasters, we're, are kind of like sad right now because they don't have those like hot pieces to run oh, anymore. Yeah. Um, like things are like a lot less chill. Like Biden isn't as much of a, a commercial president as no. Trump was. You it's can only talk about centric and you know. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yes. Yes. Only talk about Alzheimer's of, about Biden for so long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sleepy Joe. Like it was cool a while ago, but. <laughs> I don't know. Uh -huh. Q like you don't get to hear crazy QAnon conspiracies anymore. You know how entertaining it is to hear that politicians are drinking children's blood for forever. Like I never thought that would be a real thing. Mm -hmm. Well, dude, the thing is, like, I wasn't even taken aback by that because like I've seen that shit in like TV shows where like you know, um, like uh, rich like you know multimillionaires will get like you know the blood of like um, uh, young healthy men and like pump it into their bodies to feel young again. Well, yeah, well, in a the TV show, but this is real life. People yeah, yeah, really I know, I know, this. I know. People really die for this. You know what I mean? Could you imagine? <laughs> like, I read an article about how actually a lot of, it was interesting, a lot of um, uh, Bernie Sanders supporters actually were very staunch Trump supporters and after QAnon because it's like a, it's more of a, uh, like the populist movement uh, of like it's the ordinary person versus these like imaginary um, like billionaires that and cabals oh, yeah. that run the world, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what they were kind and of the getting behind Bernie. Order. And, yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's Bernie that's fighting them or Trump. That's mm -hmm. what they're getting behind, you know. Yeah. yeah. And you're locked up in your home for COVID. So mm -hmm. why not? Go I think eat? it was like the perfect storm, you know, yeah. like all these like aspects like put together. 
and people just like had the reins to run wild and they did and it's just like um i think that was one of america's worst mental health crises like I, i mean that more like metaphorically than literally just because i don't think people were okay it was like it was that or like the crazy just came out and we got to see what crazy really looked like for a hot second. It's true American freedom, baby. I, you know, that's that's one way to put it. <laughs> I don't think we could handle anything anything worse than that. No, I'm. Just, I don't know how. Yeah, the more separate, the more separated you get. make people, the crazier mm. things we do are born. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And I like, mean, like we like literally lived through like two of the most like divided years in like I feel like the past few decades. And uh, it it wasn't good. It wasn't yeah. very good. I hope yeah, we're. Things are only getting more polarizing. Yeah, it is weird. It's, that, uh, it's weird to me that masks are, became a polarizing thing. Yeah, it's like the thing. I, the people with like that is like I don't know how your like liberties are being taken away by um you know wanting to support the people around you because like the whole thing with like mass is you're protecting yourself and the people around you no it's a Um, genuine humanitarian concern exactly and like like, people were like you know no this takes away my freedoms um how dare you make me put this thing on i'm choking i am dying um i have a breathing condition and some people did but like most people did not yeah and it's just like Think about the greater good, but no, I and you know I understand as a as like a libertarian, I totally understand the the freedom to choose. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. But at the same time, why freely choose to be that kid? Exactly. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there there are better things to fight for. Yeah, there are a lot better things to be up in arms about. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a pretty solid point to end on. Um, America is crumbling, and um, <laughs> we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So we we still haven't figured down out and like watch the fireworks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, sit down and watch the fireworks. Fourth of July. Um, we still haven't figured. We need to figure out what our fucking outro segment is gonna be. Um, this so has been the Live and Learn podcast. Yeah. This has been the Live and Learn podcast. Uh. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Christian, for coming on and talking to us. Um, I hope you had a good time. Um, time. I think um, Mm -hmm. you gave us, ourselves, and our viewers some very um, intriguing conversation, and we appreciate you for that. Thanks for having me. I never thought I would be on a podcast. It's kind of cool. It's a very official setup going Mm. on. And I got a gold mic because I'm the guest. (laughs) Got the bacteria. Oh, yeah. More I'm glad lavish. you thought so. Coming from coming at you from the Aquamedics Aquamedics studio. Studio, yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's been fun. See you guys next week. That's a wrap. Okay. <laughs>